This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Two in a row. The Buccaneers put together back-to-back road wins. And looky here, now a 5-7 and seven record as the month of December gets underway. Welcome in. Great to have you with us on a brand new edition of Nothing But Bucks. I am your somewhat capable host. We're back from North Florida after a Buccaneer 28-11 victory over state rival Jacksonville. Of course, we only play the Jaguars in the regular season every four years. And that place uh, now called TIAA Bank Field, what used to be the old Gator Bowl in Jacksonville. It's kind of been a, a house of horrors in the regular season for the Buccaneers over the course of the last uh, 25 years or so of their existence. But the bottom line is the Bucs were the much better team, the much more efficient team at taking care of the ball. Jacksonville is a hot mess, as the kids like to say, uh, in terms of injury, in terms of lack of defense, and now quarterback controversy. They've spent all that money to bring in Nick Foles, and they've got a six-round draft pick rookie in Gardner Minshew, who's played better football than him this year, including in the second half of the game. We'll get to that as we tell the story of this one. So, uh, good on the Bucks that they're able to get a fourth win now away from home, a fifth win overall on the season, and we're ready to recap it for you with highlights. We've got interviews and special guests coming up, including two guys on the defense, just dynamic. The rookie first-round pick, Devin White, making one big play after another over the last couple of weeks with the wins over Atlanta and Jacksonville, including his first NFL touchdown on Sunday in the first quarter against the Jags. And Shaq Barrett, who continues to just body break quarterback after quarterback in the NFL. couple of more sacks yesterday. And he's got his sights set on the Buccaneers' sack record, which could be attainable uh, here over the last four games. In fact, with his output, it should be attainable over the last four games. He may, heck, he may even get to that sack record over the next couple of games or Sunday's game with the Indianapolis Colts at Raymond James Stadium. A three-sack game basically gets him there. Uh, So we'll hear from Shaq Barrett a little bit later on as well about the sack record and the job that he is doing. So highlights, interviews, Devin White, Shaq Barrett. We'll also hear from Peyton Barber with a couple of touchdowns, head coach Bruce Arians after this one was over with. Really a tremendous defensive performance that set up the day uh, in Jacksonville. And so we got highlights, we got interviews on all of this uh, still to come. I, I will uh, I will further say that uh, it was an interesting time in North Florida with the Gator game going on uh, with Florida State Saturday night in that rivalry game. Of course, Auburn and Alabama. You're going to hear Peyton Barber mention some about Auburn's upset of Alabama. All of these different games, Michigan, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, on and on, Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State, rivalry games that were taking place uh, all over the place. So uh, for the for the different uh, uh, players on the Bucks, you had an eyeball on Saturday on the rivalry games, and then you were ready to take on. Again, I don't know how much you can call Jacksonville truly a rival. We've played them some in the preseason over the years here. But in the regular season, you only see them once every four years. Hadn't played the Jaguars uh, since back in the 2015 season. Lovey Smith uh, days then. Blake Bortles was the Jacksonville quarterback. Jameis Winston, the Bucks quarterback, in what was an offensive shootout. Hadn't played a game uh, in Jacksonville since Raheem Morris was the coach. Regular season now. Raheem Morris was the coach and Josh Freeman was the quarterback. And that day started off 
uh, with the the Bucks driving right down the field and getting an opening touchdown, and then just an avalanche of mistakes and turnovers, blown coverages, and Jacksonville rolled uh, the Bucks that day to the tune of something like 48-14. I think I blocked it out of my memory. So again, we, we haven't seen the Jags very much. We did see them on Sunday, and uh, man... The defense. Uh, so many times this year we have talked about the defense not being able to lock a team down. Well, from the beginning in this one, they were all over the Jaguars. So what do you say if we get to the highlights, right? Better than me just telling you about it. Let's go back to our calls on Buccaneers Radio. Gene Deckerhoff, Dave Moore, and I on the call. And uh, right away for the, the Bucks, they punt on the opening possession. They put the defense on the field. Nick Foles is trying to get the Jaguars into scoring range here, get a couple of first downs, and the Buccaneer defense comes up with a large play. Here is the snap. Thought a tackle moved offside. Pass up. It's intercepted. Picked off, and the Buccaneers have the ball, and it's picked off by Devin White. A couple of sacks last week, a pick here today, and the Buccaneers stop Nick Foles of the Jaguars. How about that? We need takeaways, and we come up with a big one. There's the rookie first-round pick. Devin White with the interception. Again, a couple of sacks and a bunch of tackles against the Falcons last week. Begins the game in the first quarter here with a pick. And the Buccaneers wasted very little time being able to move the ball out of their own end after that turnover as Jameis Winston was able to hit Chris Godwin with a pass. Another completion uh, to Mike Evans. And then eventually you move into scoring range here and take advantage immediately. First down, 10 bucks. Handoff, running up the gut to the 10, 5, 3, 2, 1, touchdown Peyton Barber. And the Buccaneers take it to the house. After the big catch by O.J. Howard, the Bucs shred the defensive front. And Peyton Barber, I don't believe, was touched. Yeah, Peyton Barber, very workmanlike, pounds it in uh, there from 15 yards out for the touchdown. And the Buccaneers on the board with an extra point from Matt Gay at 7 Nothing. So you're feeling good about that drive because it was a solid drive after the interception. Um, there's you had to move some 80 yards uh, on that drive to be able to get into scoring range and give credit where it's due. It's actually 69 yards on the drive. Eight plays, 69 yards on that one for the touchdown. And then what would be a theme of the first half would come up on the very first play from scrimmage after the kickoff out of the end zone. First play from scrimmage and the Buccaneer defense strikes. Here's the snap and Foles dropping the ball. Under some pressure. He got he fumbled the football. Fumble picked up at the 10. 5, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Devin it's White. Devin White with his second big play. White with a pick. Now a scoop and score. And the Bucs lead 13 to nothing. Remember we were telling you about Shaq Barrett and Devin White? Well, there's Shaq Barrett with the sack. There's Devin White with the fumble return. And 10 seconds off the clock after Peyton Barber's touchdown. Bucks in the end zone again as they come up uh, with the fumble return score for the second straight week. And Damakong Sue had a fumble return score at the end of the uh, Atlanta game last week. And now Devin White comes up with that one. Interesting that Jacksonville's offsides on the extra point. So Bruce Arian says, hey, we're going to stay on the gas here. The the two-point conversion will now be from the one-yard line instead of the two-yard line. We'll hammer it in with Peyton Barber, take the two, and it is a 15-0 lead uh, at this point. 
And then again, the Jaguars are trying to make something happen with Foles at quarterback. Again, he's off of injury, suffered a broken collarbone in their opening game of the season, had missed nine games after that, being replaced by the rookie Gardner Minshew. More on that whole situation in a little bit. So Foles back in the lineup the last two games, struggled at Indianapolis, at Tennessee, both in decisive losses. So Foles already with a couple of turnovers. Granted, the sack fumbled. He got blindsided, got clobbered on that play. Uh, not much you could do. So now now Foles, again, is trying to move the Jaguars in this situation into scoring range uh, to make something happen. They get down inside of Buccaneer red zone territory, but again, the Buccaneer sack machines, the pressure of that defensive line too much. From the 11-yard line, dropping Foles, looking Foles, under pressure Foles, flushed a sack to the back. He fumbled the ball again. Did the Buccaneers come up with it? Tampa Bay says we did. Oh, yeah, Carl Nassib gets that sack. As again, you're hearing Gene and Dave call it on Buccaneers Radio and Indomitong Sue right there to fall on the fumble. Buccaneer defensive line is just playing tremendous high-level football, especially rushing the quarterback. And you could really see Jacksonville demoralized, Boo Birds out after the fumble. I mean, they've seen this movie now over and over again. Their previous three games all blowout losses, essentially, in London. And then the two true road losses at Indian, at Tennessee. They weren't in the game, really, in the second half of any of those games. This is looking like the same thing again. By the way, with the turnover, it was the first time since 2017 that a team began the game with turnovers on the first three possessions of the game, at least the quarterback, with a turnover on the first three possessions of the game. Going back to former Buccaneer Mike Glennon playing for the Chicago Bears with three turnovers to begin the game uh, for the Bears back two seasons ago in all the NFL games since then. So great start by the Buccaneer defense. Three takeaways, and again, you move the ball down the field uh, does Jameis Winston seven plays, 83 yards on this drive uh, here in the second quarter as the Bucks finally get uh, some breathing room after being backed up in their own end. Uh, Winston able to get some completions uh, down the field on a couple of different plays. One of them a, a, a 32-yard pass to uh, Brashad Perriman down the sideline. Uh, then there was a pass interference call on uh, A.J. Boye, the Jaguars' defensive back, interfering with Mike Evans. May have been questionable on the replay. The Jaguars chose not to challenge it. And then Winston hits Chris Godwin over the middle for a 27-yard completion. That sets up second and goal. And the Buccaneers bring the big fella Vita Vea in as part of the Jacks package, they call it. I, I don't know if it's for Jacksonville or if it's just like the game, the kids' game, Jacks with the rubber ball and the little... On the little toy trinkets, if it's Jacks, J-A-C-K-S, J-A-X, yet no matter what, the Jaguars were not ready for this. With three tight ends and an eye formation with Vita Vea in the lineup. Here's the handoff to Ronald Jones. Up the gut goes Ronald Jones. Did he get it? He did. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Touchdown, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Behind the block of Vita Vea, it's Peyton Barber. Barber hammers in his second touchdown of the first half and the extra point good and you look up and it is 22-0 in favor of the Bucs and a building to a 25 to nothing halftime lead. So uh, best case scenario right now and, and really the Boo Birds out again on Nick Foles as they, they had to punt on their next possession. You were just wondering here 
Uh, was Doug Marone going to go back to Gardner Minshew, the quarterback, to try to spark this team? He's a little more mobile than, Mo- than Foles, who could not seemingly get out of the way, taking sack after sack. So you go to the locker room at 25 nothing. I asked Bruce Arians, uh, the head coach, walking into the locker room, hey, uh, what about the play of the defense? He said, we're just getting better and better, playing with more confidence, playing with more momentum. Defense carried the day in half number one for a 25 to nothing lead. So that would lead to the second half of this game. And as expected, the Jaguars did try something different with Gardner Minshew. Again, rookie, Mike Leach's offense at Washington State, the air raid. Minshew good at scrambling around and throwing on the run. And he finally was able to make some plays. Uh, the, The Jaguars had gotten a long Josh Lambeau field goal. It was a windy day. Hadn't mentioned that yet. The winds sustained at about 15 miles an hour, gusting at times 20 miles an hour or more. Lambeau kicked the 53-yarder with the wind. So finally, they were on the board at 25-3. Get the ball back, does Jacksonville. And Minshew starts making plays, uh, running around with his feet, gets a couple of completions, one to DJ Chark down the field. And then finally, they're inside the 10, and Minshew gets them in the end zone. Here's the snap, looking to the right, the pass to the right. Touchdown! Touchdown! Easy pickings as D.D. Westbrook was by himself. Nicely designed play by the Jaguars. Two-point conversion would also be good for the Jaguars. And you look up on the clock, and there's still a bunch of time left at 25-11 to in this game. And then the Jaguars got the big punt return from D.D. Westbrook, and you're thinking, oh, boy. Uh, now Jacksonville has flipped the momentum. They've got an opportunity to maybe get another touchdown uh, here with still a lot of time left on the clock, and it's going to be game back on. They'll be within one score. But the Buccaneer defense did a great job of hanging in. Uh, as, as Jacksonville moved into scoring range, uh, they uh, they had a couple of opportunities uh, to get the ball in the end zone. The Buccaneers stopped Leonard Fournette a couple of times. They batted a pass down. Then on a fourth down play, pass interference called on the Bucs in the end zone. So Jacksonville now reloads uh, from the one-yard line with first and goal. They're stuffed again trying to get the ball to Fournette. They're stuffed again on the second down play. So now it's third and goal, the seventh play that they have run inside the 10-yard line, trying to get a touchdown down by uh, 14 at 25 to 11. And the Buck defense steps up again. Here's the snap to throw on third down and goal. Passes. Now it's picked off. Intercepted. Picked off by the Bucs. Did we keep it outside the end zone? We go, and it's a pick by the Bucs. Tampa Bay has forced the fourth takeaway of the ball game, and Sean Murphy bunting. Running on the field, there's an interception. Rookie Sean Murphy bunting comes up with the interception, jumping in front of D.D. Westbrook there for that play. Would have been better advised, and he knows this, he was saying this, would have been better advised just to go down on a knee and go out of the back of the end zone, uh, get the ball back out on the 25-yard line. That's okay. Those kind of things are fixable. You're up by two touchdowns. You're able to get a little breathing room. A great punt by Bradley Pinion uh, really uh, flipped the entire field position, and the Buccaneer defense would basically slam the door on Minshew and the Jaguars. 25-11 score, Minshew on second down and long, looking to throw the deep ball. He's going to be hit, sack, back at the 18-yard line. Jack Barrett, I think, will get at least a piece along with Vita Vail. See who they give the sack to. I think Barrett's going to get half, and Vita Vail will get the other half. Double whammy on that sack with Vita Vea and Shaq Barrett. 
uh, bringing down uh, Minshew, and eventually the Jaguars lost the ball on downs. The Buccaneers would add a Matt Gay field goal for the final margin of 28-11, to a sweet road win uh, for the Buccaneers. Uh, as, again, we enjoy reliving all these highlights on Buccaneers Radio as the Buccaneers now have won four true road games this season. Talk about road warriors. The Odysseys to L.A. and back, London and back, Seattle and back. A short road trip here to Jacksonville, but North Florida very good to the Bucs. And while we have a second here, kudos to the fans that were behind the visiting bench on the Buccaneers sideline. Some 500 or so Buccaneer fans made their way into different parts of TIA Bank Field. A lot of them, though, were behind the bench. The Buckaholics fan club, uh, Jay McElroy and his fan club out in, in California that seemed to come to all the West Coast stops when we're playing. They came east for Thanksgiving weekend in this game in Jacksonville, and the Bucks played very well uh, in the matchup in front of them. Uh, love to see all of those fans cheering on the Buccaneers, especially once the lead got to 15-0, 22-0, 25-0. They were having a blast. Good on you, Buccaneer fans, from us here on the Nothing But Bucks podcast. So good stuff with that. Enjoyable locker room after this was done. Let's go inside of that Buccaneer locker room and hear from rookie Devin White with the big day. His two plays at the beginning of the game really set the tone. His interception of Nick Foles, then picking up the sack fumble of Foles and running it into the end zone with the Buccaneers out in front 15 to nothing. They could basically play with reckless abandon on defense. Here was the rookie on our Hooters postgame show. Let's talk about the defense setting the tone with three turnovers against the Jaguars early in this game. Uh, tell me more about getting after Nick Foles and Jacksonville. Uh, we come, came in, knew that, you know, we was going to play aggressive against Nick Foles. And, you know, I came in with the mindset like the defense needed to, you know, just set a standard, you know, because every day, you know, we come in, we work hard, but it wasn't translating. But I told him, I preached like every drive, like we got to set a standard. We got to show the lead who we are as a defense. So, I mean, I feel like we did that. I feel like, you know, we gave up some things, but we didn't, you know, fuss and fight. We didn't let down. We defended every blade of grass. Describe the interception. That was the first of the takeaways. Talk about what you saw, what you did. Oh, yeah. So, you know, coming, you know, we do one hand Fridays, you know, at the facility, and I won three weeks in a row. So I just knew my time was coming. But, you know, we was in a certain call. I ain't going to say the call. And, you know, I baited Nick Foles in because, you know, I supposed to take the crossing route. But, you know, I went with it. But, you know, I got great speed. You know, I'm not going to, you know, brag on myself. And I came back and, you know, got got back on the hash. And I knew he was trying to hit a uh, number 12 behind me. And I just stole it. But I wish I could have kept my feet and tried to get it closer to the end zone. You did get that pick. Later on, suddenly there's a sack fumble. The ball is on the ground. You get your first NFL touchdown. What's going through your mind as you saw the ball? Did it kind of go in slow motion, or what was it like? No, nah, it was fast. Everything was sped up, but, like, that one didn't count. I mean, I'm grateful for it. You know, God is the greatest, but, you know, I, I want to create a touchdown on my own. But, you know, hats off to Shaq. That was all Shaq play. I just finished it off. It was a team effort play. That's why I gave the ball away. What what has been the difference the last two weeks uh, with the way this defense has locked down Atlanta and Jacksonville, Devin? Oh, it's just been a mindset, like, you know, how you want to be remembered. You know, this is my first season, and, you know, I, I never, like, you know, lost two games in a row, three games in a row. And I just told them, like, we got to fix it, and they got to be fixed now. And, you know, we can do it because we got a great team, and, you know, we're just showing it week in and week out. And we're just taking it one step at a time, you know. Say something else about Shaq Barrett and the pass rush in general, because they got after Foles and Minshew. I mean, our whole front seven, like, 
they our whole front seven do a great job. Like in the run game, you know, we always dominate whoever you know we play in the run game. And then when the time is when they time to pass the ball, them guys pin their ears back and they go get them, even in the interior. So I mean, it's just a nice thing, you know, to have those guys on our side, you know, and they keep playing a hell of a game. And at the end of the season, man, me and Levante got to reward them for real. Love that, Devin White. Great playing. Thank you. All right, thank you. Well, something special here for the podcast. This was not on our Hooters postgame show on the radio, but I did get a one-on-one opportunity to speak with Peyton Barber. Now in his fourth season for this team, you'll hear me say this to him, very much unassuming workmanlike just does his job, and he replaced Ronald Jones there in that uh, first quarter and then capitalized with a touchdown run of 15 yards later, the goal line one-yard touchdown run. You got to have guys like Peyton Barber that just work hard, do their thing, don't want a lot of attention, don't make a lot of money. Peyton Barber's not filthy rich right now. He's making league minimum basically as a rookie, but uh, uh, really a, a hard-nosed football player, and I love talking to him after it was over. Peyton Barber, tremendous team win here. Got out to the big lead, hung on to the win. The win's the most important thing. Tell me about that. Um, yeah, it definitely feels good to, to stack it uh two weeks in a row um why did this team get off to the start that it did with the turnovers and and suddenly you look up and it's 25 to nothing uh you know that was one thing that uh coach arians uh, preached throughout the week you know start fast start fast start fast um you know our biggest thing is you know we got to finish down the stretch you were able to finish a 15-yard touchdown run in the first quarter and then one on the goal line in the second quarter. The coach was joking a minute ago that, hey, I might have been able to run in the one from yeah. 15 yards out because of the blocking. You basically yeah. weren't touched, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, our, our own line did a great job. Um, so, What about on the goal line when you have Vita Vea in the game? Last week you guys threw it to him. He's there as a lead blocker. Just take me through that when you're trying to bang it in the end zone. Uh, having, having Vita as a, as a lead blocker, you know, that's – I know if I was the if if the foot was on the other hand and I was the one going up against Vita, all I would have to do is say a prayer, you know, because it's anybody who wants to step in front of that, you know, good luck. So <laughs> love that. All right, so it's a doubly fun weekend because you not only get this win, but there was an Auburn win over Alabama. Yeah. So have we already let OJ Howard uh, have it even more? He already knows, but have you already let him have it even more? And this week will it be even more fun? Actually, me and OJ didn't even really talk about it. Um, I don't think he would be talking about it now, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We we, did, we we definitely didn't talk about it. That definitely gives me a idea to go to go and say something to him. Hey, one more for you. You have just put your head down and done your job throughout your career, and it continues to pay off. What's your mentality, especially down the stretch of this season, because you keep getting called upon, you keep delivering? Um, you know, just just be ready when your number's called. Uh, you never want to get too high. You never want to get too low. Um, you know, it's, it's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. Um, the objective for me is, you know, just to keep moving forward. Um, just, just like what you said, keep my head down and keep going. Again, got a great opportunity to talk with some of these different Buccaneers in the locker room, and that one exclusive here to the podcast, a one-on-one conversation with Peyton Barber. Had to also talk to Shaq Barrett. Two more sacks for him, officially now 14 and a half, closing in on the Buccaneers' single-season sack record. We talked about that topic, the win over the Jaguars, getting after Nick Foles, and much more Sunday in the postgame. 
28-11 is our final, and we're back here with Shaq Barrett live on Buccaneers Radio. Same question I was just asking to Devin White. This defense creates three turnovers in the first half to put you up. What worked well for the second week in a row? We still communicating, and we playing fast, and we having fun. I think uh, just bringing the fun back to it means a lot for us, and you can see in the results uh, the last two weeks. But uh, communicating and communicating throughout all four quarters is helping us a lot. You got a lot of young guys on this defense. Let's start with Devin White, who comes up with the interception early, and then later off of your sack with the fumble return for the touchdown. A couple of huge plays. Just say something about the way that rookie's developing in this defense, if you would. He's always been good. He's always been in the right position, but now he's actually finishing off and making all the plays now. And then it is amazing to see him grow and keep developing. And the sky's the limit. That's why they got him when they got him, because they know what he could be in. He's showing them that he can be that. You were dominating this game as a team. They suddenly insert Minshew into the game, start making a little comeback. What, if anything, was being said as the second half unfolded trying to hang on to the lead? We just stay together, finish. We've been in a situation before. We just got to stay together, and they drove down the field, but don't let them get touchdowns. We got to limit touchdowns, and we just got to keep that mindset, stop the run, bend but don't break, and we'll be exactly, I mean, I don't know exactly where we're going to need some help, but we'll be exactly where we want to be at the end of the year with some help. And uh, Sean Murphy Bunting, another rookie, uh, turns out to be a big play. It's 25 to 11 game. He picks the ball off at the goal line. They not only don't get a touchdown, they don't get any points there, Shaq. Yeah, that was big time. Hey, that's close the game right there for us. Well, practically close the game for us. It was big time. I mean, we got everybody stepping up to make the plays at the right time. So that's the best part about this team. It's not just one person. It's everybody. And you can see it happening. You see everybody growing. And we stay together. We're going hey, to have a bright, bright, bright future. Still got four games to go, but you're getting in some rarefied air right now in Buccaneer sack history with two more of them today. Why have you had so much sustained success getting after the quarterback this season, your first year here? Uh, I've just been preparing for this opportunity for a long time, and it's finally the opportunity that I got, and I was ready for it, and just that's just it. I was just ready for the opportunity, and I just took off. Where we got great guys uh, on the inside, on the other edge. We got... Bowles calling great plays, foot, opposition coach, let us play. So everything is just a perfect situation for me here. And I think that's why it's, uh, I'm producing as well as I am. The veterans and the younger guys are all coming together. I mean, when you start getting mentioned with names like Selman and Sapp, who are in the Hall of Fame on the single season sack lead, that's pretty good company to keep, right? Most definitely, most definitely. And uh, tell them I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Shaq, thank you. Guy on a one-year contract. Talk about getting it done. You think he's going to get paid, and let's hope the Buccaneers break the bank here and keep Shaq Barrett around. Young player, great pass rusher out of the mold, kind of on the end. You know, the NFL was honoring the uh, the 100 greatest players, the, the most fearsome end rusher uh, that out of the kind of linebacker, defensive end, hybrid position in NFL history, I believe, is Lawrence Taylor. He redefined the game off the right end. Well, Shaq Barrett doing it off the right end and off the left end. He he is not Lawrence Taylor. I am not saying that Shaquille Barrett is Lawrence Taylor. I'm saying he kind of reminds you with his body type coming off the end, almost unstoppable one-on-one when he puts the speed rush on. Love watching Shaq Barrett operate. Fun to talk to him after the 28-11 victory for the Bucks on Sunday. And you know that the head coach, the happy head coach, Bruce Arians had a smile on his face. So uh, we, we talked with him about the victory when it was all said and done, what it means, what it means now with the final month of the season underway for this team to get another road win. Here you go. 
All right, we talked to you at halftime when it was 25-0. They obviously inserted Gardner Minshew into the game. He seemed to spark them a little bit. How and why did this team put this game away over the course of the last quarter or so? Well, I think it was a goal line stand. I mean, it was a huge, huge thing to build off of for the future. You know, seven plays inside, I think, the 10-yard line. And we come up with a turnover and uh, kind of put the fire out. Uh, you know, you were able to get pressure right away on Nick Foles, get sacks, get turnovers. The switch seems to have gone on the last couple of games. What are you seeing? I know you haven't seen tape from the day, but what are you seeing just live out there again today? Well, I think you see great pressure and great coverage so working together. You know, when a quarterback has to hold it, he's going down. And, uh, you know, and today we got the ball away from him, I think, four or five times. And, uh, you know, the, the, the pass rush has been outstanding all year, but now the back end's doing their job. Uh, Devin White, let's talk about some individuals. Devin White with an interception and then his first NFL touchdown picking up the fumble return on that uh, two huge plays in the first half to help build a 25 nothing lead. Yeah, you see him blossoming right in front of your eyes. I mean, he's, he's healthy, he's playing great, uh, fast, physical, and uh, what we're hoping for the future. Another guy, Peyton Barber. We probably don't talk about him enough. Very workmanlike. You go all the way back to the first half. He gets the 15-yard touchdown. He gets the touchdown on the goal line. Just say something about him punching in six when you had to have six and build the lead. Yeah, that uh, that one run, uh, I think I could have got it in there, but uh, the guys blocked everybody, and then he did a great job on a two-point conversion. And, uh, you know, he yeah, he's one of those guys. When he gets a hot hand, we're sticking with him, and uh, he did a great job today. We'll stick with the theme of defense. Shaq Barrett, two more sacks today, and now approaching, as I just said to him, when you start hearing names like Leroy Selman and Warren Sapp in the single-season sack list, that says something. No doubt about it. I mean, he just continues and, and gets better and better. And, uh, you know, with, with the guys, Carl playing inside some and JPP on the other side and what we have with the inside backers, it's hard to block all of them. And Shaq's taking care, he's ta he's taking care of business. Another fun one here because uh, you obviously have put two together now. Everybody's going to want to know why and how. Uh, can you put your veteran coach, can you put your finger on what has gone on here the last couple of weeks? Positive reinforcement of winning one last week, helping this week, et cetera? Oh, there's no doubt. This is a very young defense, and especially on the back end. I mean, if, you're, if you're a second-year player, you're an old guy. And uh, it took a while for these guys to learn the system and communicate. Communication has been fantastic now for about three weeks. You're going to go back home now to play the Indianapolis Colts. It's good to say home for three of the last four. Does it not sound good? It really does, and, uh, you know, hopefully we can string another one together. Coach, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yep, going to be back home for three of the last four, as we were discussing there. The Colts coming this week, and the Buccaneers now at 5-7. and seven. And at the time that I am recording the Nothing But Bucks podcast, very interesting because they have now appeared when you're watching the NFL Network, when you're watching ESPN, uh, Fox Sports 1, they're doing the debate shows and they're putting the standings up. The Buccaneers have appeared in the in the hunt category at 5-7. and seven. That's all they are at the moment is in the hunt, battling with other teams that are 5-7 and seven or 6-6 six and six, uh, right now. For one of the wild card spots, the Saints obviously having clinched the division back on Thursday night with the win over the Atlanta Falcons. So the only hope is a wild card. And really, if you're a Buccaneer fan and you want to root, especially if you're hearing us on Monday, again, if you're listening after Monday to the Nothing But Bucks podcast, you already know the result of the Seahawks and the Vikings, most likely. Seahawks playing at home. Seahawks with nine wins already. 
uh, and the tiebreaker over the Buccaneers, if it comes to a tie at nine and seven, three-way tie might help you, but that's that's far-fetched as well to have a three-way tie. The best case scenario at the moment is you want Seattle to win the Monday night game, drop Minnesota to eight and four. So now with four games remaining, you'd be three games behind the Vikings and trying to catch them for the final playoff spot. Again, you may already know the result, whether Minnesota won or not. If they did not win, then that's good because the Buccaneers' playoff hopes remain alive for a mismatch, a hodgepodge, a 9-7 and seven situation, get into a tiebreaker and maybe win it. Or maybe, maybe could you even say, outright, uh, with a 9-win season, you could get in the playoffs. It's far-fetched. Yes, you got to win completely out here. But as, as Coach uh, Arians joked a couple weeks ago, we can't win six games this week in Atlanta. We can only win one. Well, now they put together a second win, and you get a chance against the Colts to get a third win in a row and keep yourself in the, in the playoff picture by doing so. Particularly if Seattle wins that game or if you're listening and they've won that game, the Bucs are absolutely in the picture with a win next week. Uh, because the the best the Vikings could be is win next weekend and have the ninth win with three weeks to go. You're hoping the Vikings lose and you win next week, and now you're really in the picture two behind with three to go, if that's the case. But there's a lot of football to be played between now and then, the Monday night game. Go take care of business with the Colts and see what happens from there. All right, so a happy edition of Nothing But Bucks. A reminder, subscribe to this podcast, whether you found it on a social media link through the Buccaneers mobile app, Buccaneers.com. We're here on Mondays after each and every one of these Buccaneer games. Uh, So subscribe, and you can get the podcast via iTunes. You're always going to find it on the Buccaneers mobile app. However you found it, though, subscribing will have it come instantaneously to your handheld device, your iPad, etc. That will do it for this edition of Nothing But Bucks. My thanks to Steve Carney for help with the highlights and the interviews. Jeff Ryan's our director of Buccaneers uh, Broadcasting and Buccaneers Radio. Uh, we look forward to the Bucks and the Colts. We mentioned that we don't play the Jags that often, these AFC South teams. We haven't played the Colts at home since Monday Night Football, a win in 2011 without Peyton Manning. Had that neck injury out for the year. Bucks won the Monday Night game with Raheem Morris, Josh Freeman, and company early uh, in that 2011 season. That's the last time the Colts played uh, in Tampa Bay in the regular season. So now we get ready for Frank Wright's team with Jacoby Brissett, the former Gator and NC State quarterback. They're in the hunt in the AFC South, although they've lost three of their last four games. Buccaneers will try to pin another loss on them and keep the faint playoff hopes alive. Stack some wins like the coach and players are talking about here. A third straight win will virtually keep you alive. Uh, this weekend. Let's see what happens for the Bucks and Colts coming Sunday uh, in uh, in Tampa at Raymond James Stadium. And we will be back next Monday with another edition of Nothing But Bucks, the podcast, highlights, interviews, and much more. Spread the word. We're talking lots about Buccaneer football in the recap mode. I'm TJ Reeves on Nothing But Bucks. <laughs>